Welcome back to Administrative Static. I'm Janine Yunus. Uh, John Vecchioni is um, sick today, and I'm here with Mark Chenoweth and our colleague Casey Norman, who just argued uh, Hogue, Hogue versus Newsom in the uh, California District Court. Um, she argued an issue pertaining to mootness. Um, why don't you explain a little bit more, Casey? Sure. And thanks for having me on. Um, so right now in this case, the big question is whether the case is moot, which means that it's basically dismissed and the books are wiped clean. So the, the underlying ruling, which is the preliminary injunction that we won in January, would kind of be off the books, no bad precedent set for the government, uh, which is obviously what they want and what we are arguing against here. Um, and if you want me to go into more about yeah. the mootness argument. Well, wait, maybe, yeah, we should explain the basic premise, which was that um, Cal last year, California had enacted a law punishing doctors for spreading misinformation to patients about COVID or disseminating misinformation to patients about COVID um, treatments and, and related issues in the context of treatment. And we challenged that uh, law on due process and First Amendment grounds. And we ended up getting a preliminary injunction in January um, but that preliminary injunction only was for our clients and clients in a related case. So um, not not for all the doctors in California. Not exactly, yeah. exactly. The related case, uh, one of the clients was physicians for informed consent. So it, that was a lot of doctors, but certainly not by no means all of them. Um, and uh, recently, I, I believe in September, the legislature uh, and uh, the governor repealed the law. Uh, so, and that will take effect on January 1st of 2024. So the, um, the government has been arguing essentially that the case is moot because the law is no longer in effect. And to the extent- Even though it is until January 1st. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And they're arguing in our case that since we got the preliminary injunction, we can't argue uh, that it's not. So we made some, we don't think the case is moot and we made some arguments uh, if you want to tell us more about those. Yeah, yeah, that was a good point, bringing it in the background. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense for the <laughs> listeners. Um, but so our, our main arguments here for why this case is not moot, despite the fact that this law is going to be repealed in January of 2024, um, well, we have two reasons. One is something called the voluntary cessation exception to mootness. And what that basically means is government or defendants cannot manufacture mootness in order to evade an adverse judicial ruling or review. Which and is exactly what they're trying to do here. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we just, um, like Janine just said, we we won the preliminary injunction or the judge granted us a preliminary injunction for our clients in January. And then in a different but related case that made it up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, there was an argument heard in at the end of July of this year. And it seemed as though the panel was poised to rule against the government, though that ruling hasn't come out yet. Um, so, and, and they also asked the parties to brief mootness recently. So uh, right. our judge, our, our judge did that as well shortly after. So everybody seems to want to know why this case isn't moot. Right. Well, and every judge seems to want to rule on mootness rather than on the merits of, of cases. <laughs> yeah. It seems like but, <laughs> exactly. But you so, gave good arguments as to why they couldn't. So what was yeah. your other so there's argument that, on there's mootness? that reason too. We're saying um, you know they kind of felt like their hand was forced and they are repealing this law because it seemed as though there was going to be bad precedent set on the books in these courts. Um, so they're getting rid of the law instead of having that on the record. And that's you know contrasted with the government saying something like you know what we recognize this law is unconstitutional we're not going to do it again. They've said nothing to that effect. In fact, when they're given the opportunity, they keep defending it. So right. that's a very different situation. <laughs> they, they keep defending it, and they one of the main uh, sort of proponents 
defense of the of the law said, well, it's okay that we're repealing this because we can do this under other existing authorities under California right. laws. So you're like, whoa, 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 whoa <laughs> wait a minute. That's quite the opposite of, of retreat. You're, right. you're essentially trying to... To, to have your cake and eat it too on the government side here. Exactly. And it's funny because all of the, most of the cases that the government cites in their mootness brief um, up in the Ninth Circuit, they describe exactly that, how the government defendants will admit they're wrong, you know, admit the faults of the previous bad behavior or the bad law. Um, and we have none of that here. In fact, during the oral argument that was ju- that just happened a couple of days ago, the judge basically forced the government to say whether or not they concede that the law AB 2098 was unconstitutional. And they explicitly said, no, the government is not... <laughs> Ready. Wow. We're not prepared to say that. We're not conceding. Um, so that's that helped our case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we still think it's moot. Yeah. I mean, yes. and this <laughs> is, good luck with that. This has generally been a big problem for uh, sort of COVID era laws and regulations where. Um, you know, the government would do something that was clearly pretty questionable constitutionally, but by the time the plaintiffs got to court, like a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate, um, the the circumstances had changed. The, the the quarantine policy in one of our other cases or the mask policy went away, and then they argue the case is moot and it's never reached on the merits. So this has sort of been an ongoing issue where you can't get to the constitutionality of the, of the uh, law or policy in question. Right. But so one of our points, though, was that, like you mentioned, Mark, uh, one of the main proponents of this law and a California assemblyman explicitly stated that, you know, notwithstanding the fact that the law is going to be repealed, the board already has the authority to enforce, you know, COVID misinformation discipline against these doctors in California under, you know, another provision of the California business code. So, again, it's kind of another example of bad faith manufactured mootness to try to escape judicial review. It, Pretty clearly seems. Yeah. You, you said there were two arguments. What was the other argument that yeah. you made in, against mootness? So our second argument um, is the fact that our plaintiffs made a claim for nominal damages in their complaint. What are those? So basically, that's kind of the, the center of debate here. The government, you know, at the argument, they're arguing that it basically means de minimis, um, you know, $1 to pay to, you know, get out of liability. But there was a recent uh, Supreme Court holding, uh, I believe two years ago, called it, I can't pronounce this, Uz, but it's... Uzubunam or something? Yeah. something Eastern European. But essentially, Justice Thomas, who was writing for the majority, described how nominal damages are representative of you know, constitutional rights that have been violated, but you can't necessarily quantify in economic terms. So, you know, First Amendment, you don't necessarily have a price tag on what it meant for these doctors' speech to be chilled for you know, a whole year or a month or, or whatever it might be, but there's still fundamental, important rights that have been violated. So plaintiffs have that ability to, to put in a claim for nominal damages, which precludes mootness, even in cases where, you know, a, a claim for injunctive relief is maybe moot because the law, the specific law is going to be repealed in January. But we are arguing because they put that in the complaint and because some of these violations have occurred already, you know, throughout the year that this law has been in effect, uh, we argue that that means that this law or this case is not moot. Right. It's, it's sort of a backstop for declaratory relief in a way. It's, you know, a lot of times courts will say, well, we understand that you want your declaratory relief, but the offending law has already been taken away, so we're not going to rule on it. That would be sort of a, an advisory opinion or something like that. But when you have the, the, the claim for nominal damages there, it's still a live claim, and the court essentially needs to reach the question of the constitutionality of the conduct in order to decide whether or not to award the nominal damages. So, even as you said, not only uh, so your injunctive relief claim might be moot or your declaratory relief claim might be moot, but your 
nominal damages claim isn't, so the court's still going to have to reach that, at least in these First Amendment cases. Right, right. That's exactly what we argued. And didn't the judge ask if he could just give you a dollar and make the thing go away? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> he was trying to get to the bottom of this idea, and I don't think he'd read the, the unpronounceable Supreme Court case, so he's very curious. But I told him that we would accept it if it meant that it was a final judgment adverse to the government, and he seemed perhaps open to the idea. <laughs> so we'll see. And um, why is that? Why is it important that it be a final judgment adverse to the government. Uh, I mean, we're, so the whole point here is we didn't we didn't make a claim for compensatory damages. We you know we asked for injunctive relief and for this nominal damages because these are constitutional rights, uh, you know, fundamental rights that don't have a price tag. Like I was explaining, so and, we're and our clients even, aren't in this for the money; they're exactly. in this for vindicating their free speech. Exactly. Okay. So we're saying even if you know if it's, it's a matter of one dollar to get an adverse judgment against the government, you know on the books setting precedent that says you cannot make laws like this. Um, that's that's strong. I mean, that's exactly what the plaintiffs are seeking here. So we'll accept a dollar <laughs> if it means that that's the ruling that we're going to get. And this was sort of an unusual hearing, right, because the judge had ordered simultaneous briefings. So normally you would have, you know, one side the, the writes a brief, the other side responds, and you know what each other's arguments will be. And then the, the original party would get a chance to reply. So there are not any arguments that are raised that nobody's ever seen before. But because the judge ordered simultaneous briefing and there was no reply, um, there were arguments we hadn't been able to anticipate and the judge hadn't been able to anticipate. So... Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what happened in that context? Yeah, so there was a lot of focus on the nominal damages aspect, and the government had not addressed that at all in their mootness brief, so we had no idea what their response would be. And they brought up an argument that neither uh, we nor the— there was another related um, plaintiff's counsel there, Hoying, there, there is a related case, so they were there too, and they hadn't anticipated this question. But the government says that state sovereign immunity um, you know, means that the government doesn't— there's no nominal damage claims that can apply to the government— um, and so ultimately, we the judge basically said he's going to order more briefings so that people can reply to each other on this, um, so that we have more concrete of an answer. Yeah, I'm trying to remember in the in the in the Supreme Court case from Justice Thomas, that was in a in a university context, uh, free speech, yeah. but I don't remember if it was a public or a private university. I believe it was, it was public. It was which public. Was, okay. That was my response. I said, I'm, you know, the most recent precedent on this. It was a public university, and nominal damages did apply to those officials. Um, but then I, you know, I requested if he wanted more details to <laughs> let us brief it further. Yeah, it was weird because we couldn't really ask, you know, the court to make the government reply, so we'd know what their arguments are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the other thing that that you get if you get a final judgment uh, against the government is the potential for attorneys' fees, right? So right. that's useful uh, as well. And again, we're not in this for the money either. We're in this for vindicating constitutional rights. But the ability to get attorney's fees against the government is an important deterrent against right. them for continuing this kind of behavior in the future. Right. And that's the other facet of nominal damages. They kind of determine who is the prevailing party um, in terms of, of attorney's fees afterwards. So, I mean, it, as long as that precludes mootness and you determine these guys want on nominal damages, that, that leads to the next step, which is exactly that. So uh, we've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, uh, how, are, how are the clients feeling about uh, what's happened in the case so far? They're, they're very enthusiastic. Um, one of them actually, Azadeh Khatibi, she attended the hearing with her son, and she got to see kind of an inside glimpse of the, the mootness world in this case. Um, but, you know, they're, they're hopeful. They, like you said, they're very excited about vindicating their rights here. They're not in it for the money. Um, and I think uh, based on this hearing, it looks promising. Well, that's it um, for Administrative Static. Thanks for joining us this week, and happy holidays.